Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between. You're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Already, I'm Julie Mossback, and are you enjoying your lunch? It's lunchtime where I'm at. Hope you're enjoying your lunch and gather in and get ready because I have more to say about all that I feel in the world. One of the reasons I moved over to internet radio from traditional FM radio was the diversity that I could find on internet. And as I explore this whole world of new radio terrain, I'm finding more and more things out about it. It's incredible. When I first started, I was going to do my show just like I had done it at FM Radio for all those many years and just do a plain show each and every week, and which I've been doing now for about a year and a half. But as I get into blog talk, it's unbelievable the different aspects of marketing and the way to reach people out there. So I had a conversation with one of their advisors at blog talk, and they told me that I was missing this whole aspect that makes Internet radio so wonderful, and that was the chat room and call-ins. And they were explaining to me that I had a lot of good listeners, but the way to reach more people was to have a chat room open all the time and have call-ins. But that would mean that I'd have to get a co-host or somebody to help me along the way. And, you know, I have to admit, I'm a lone wolf. I've worked with many people in the past, but everybody that works with me just kind of says, you know, you're just out there on your own, doing your own thing. But I had a conversation, believe it or not, with one of my favorite co-hosts that I had in back in my old radio days in FM, and I asked her if she would be interested in co-hosting the show every once in a while because I can't do my show live, run the chat room, answer questions, and do all that by myself. So I asked her if she would be interested and joining me on air every once in a while to do a special show where we would co-host it together. And she just had this look of horror on her face, like, I have no idea what you're talking about. How in the world do we do that? So as Change Already keeps growing, look for that in the future. I think I've kind of talked into it that at least once in a while we'll go and do a special where you can chat directly with me and my co-host and you can ask or ask me questions now of course i'm going to put some boundaries on those questions but you know i think it would be a fun 
thing to try just to get out of the box that I'm always talking about. You know, here we're talking about change, and I'm always doing that. So enough of that. Last week, I wrapped up the series on nonprofits from July, and I was talking about in that show and urging each one of us to look within our hearts and to start giving back to local communities and charities in our area. We're always so used to hearing about the different charities that are larger. And whether you choose to give to the four that I highlighted in that series or not, but I really wanted people to get into that giving mood. You know, I think as a culture, we are a very giving community and people, but sometimes we just need a little nudge to get back out the door and find our causes that find great gratitude within ourselves. In that show, I cautioned each one of us, however, to be very conscious of the difference between giving out of pity and giving from a place of empathy. Those are two different dimensions that people give to, you know, are you giving because it looks good or are you giving because it comes from a place of wanting to help other people? Quite frankly, one carries good karma points and the other not so much. (laughs) In that program, I also discussed that I went to the Los Angeles X Games, which I had an absolute blast with. It's going to be in your neighborhood next year. I know they do different ones all over the world. You should really go. Just because it's different, it's dynamic, it's a different kind of athlete. And in that show, I was talking about this young little girl that had a mishap during one of the races, and it really left an impact on everybody who was attending, and quite frankly, everyone else that was watching it on television. But I had lots of inquiries about her name and where you guys can find the video. I did put it up on my Facebook page, But those of you that are not involved in my Facebook page, please go join it if you'd like under Jillian Moss Backman, or I even tweeted it. But her name is Megan Rutledge, and she's from Canada. Go back and find that at the X Games, the ESPN, you know, at their website under X Games. You can find it there. And, of course, I want you to remind you, you can always listen to any of my shows by going back to blog talking, you need to look under Change Already with Jillian. That's how they have it listed in the index. You can listen to all the podcasts that I've done in the last year and a half. And as of last week, you can also find it on iTunes under my name, Jillian Moss Backman. So now we move on to the next thing I want to talk about. I always have a long list of things I want to talk about. It's my half hour where I can debrief with the rest of you and see what you have to say in return. I was talking this week to a conversation with a couple of people. In fact, they were clergymen of a different faith than mine. And somehow we stumbled upon the topic that I want to start discussing, which is traditional medicine and soul work and how those are coming back together and how we need to explore what that means for the future. He started talking about his ministry and how he helps a lot of people in the sick in the hospital settings. He has a really large congregation, so you can imagine 
He's constantly working with people that are sick or injured or need special attention in the hospital or doctor setting. And he spends a lot of his time collaborating with a lot of healthcare physicians, as I do as well. He started telling us the sad, sad story about a baby that was in the hospital, and it was holding on to every breath for dear life. And at some point, while they were working on the child, he stopped breathing. And the attending doctor kept working on him and kept working on him and was bound and determined that he was going to revive this baby or do his best to see that through to the very end. Well, he was explaining that other professionals in the room were urging him to stop. They told him that it was past beyond the time that the child could come back safely, but this doctor, he refused. And he just kept going and kept going, and at some point in the process, this baby began to breathe again. And this minister was recanting this story, and he had a chance to talk to the doctor afterwards. The doctor had indeed saved the child's life, and the preacher, minister, wanted to talk to him about why he didn't quit. What was it inside him that when everybody else in the physical world, all the other professionals in in the room were telling him to stop, but yet he kept going? And the minister told him that the doctor replied, there was something inside him kept told him to keep going, that it wasn't time for this child to go back home and to keep doing the physical aspects of traditional medicine to bring this child back to the rest of us. I asked him if this doctor was a religious man. And he said that he was an extremely devout Christian, but he wasn't so much into the spiritual aspect of life. And he seemed to have a calmness to him. I think the rest of us would be rattled if we had to find ourselves in that situation, but this doctor appeared to the minister very calm and almost happenstance, casualness, while he recanted his intentions of saving this baby's life. The doctor, and I'm paraphrasing here, said, God makes the ultimate decision and has the final call. But I was going to fight with this person for this person's life to the bitter end. As I sat and watched the minister recanting this story, he started welling up with tears and I could tell that it was that moment in his life where it had transcended any traditional physical manifestation of what was going on in the baby's life to keep him alive that they had all gone past into the spirit realm of the world. And he was so touched, and it happened several years ago, but you could tell like he was telling this story like it happened yesterday. And I asked him what he thought about the unusual message that the doctor was receiving to keep going, and he could tell by the doctor's demeanor that it had come from a message within. This message to keep the baby alive had come from a different place other than the practice and traditional medicine he had learned before. The minister told me 
that it was just about pure love. Absolute, unadulterated, soul love that comes from a place beyond traditional medicine that we can't explain but still exists no matter how hard we try to avoid it. It always comes back to the table. After this short break, I want to talk about some of my thoughts on putting soul back into the medicine and traditional practices that we have in America. We'll be right back after this short break. Looking for more? Welcome back. Here's your host, Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. One soul's journey will never be suppressed or denied. You know, throughout my working career, I've been closely connected to Western traditional medicine. I'm not real sure how I got there. (laughs) I think it's my background of what I grew up with and whether that was through my clientele at the wellness center or the services or even some of my really close friends It's always been on the back of my mind. Somehow, these connections were going to follow through on my path one way or the other. And most of my life, I've been spending on this planet serving in some kind of duality, whether that's 
one foot in the religious world, one foot in the spiritual world, one foot in the Western traditional medicine, or one in what I like to term soul medicine. You know, and if you step back and you look at it, in many ways, it's contradictory to each other. And it's been a very frustrating road for me, and it really has bugged the heck out of me because I've been trying to land myself for years on one side or the other. You know, I'd say to myself, you know how you play those trick games? Okay, today I'm just going to be concentrate on being spiritual. I forget the religious aspect of things. Or I'm just going to work with traditional medicine, and I'm just going to, you know, devoid myself of the soul part of myself and just stay in the boundaries of which traditional medicine works. You know, it has strict boundaries of what everybody needs to adhere to, which is so counterintuitive to where the entire wellness aspect of our lives started. If you take a look back and take a step back with me and we look at the Greeks, the Greeks were the ones that started with the whole mind, body, and soul connection. And it just bloomed from there. You know, American medicine in particular, and there's, I'm just talking about that one, that system, because I know that system, but I've dabbled in lots of others because of my lineage that I have here. That traditional medicine looks at scientists and scientific evidence only. So if you go back to the Greeks and you look what happened and offshoots that came out of that, Chinese medicine 5,000 years ago really embodied the whole system. And what I mean by that is that somehow along the way, this whole soul medicine business, what I mean about that is the spirit aspect of ourselves in the baby situation with those intuitive messages the doctor got and and the minister and the people and everything else kind of got thrown out with the bathwater. It's like it became so involved in being correct and not making mistakes, I believe, unlike the, the Chinese aspect that adds the soul part, it never lost its way. If you look at Chinese medicine, it has different words and different aspects that include the soul, whether you want to use the word chi, whether you want to use the word yin-yang, all of these different things have always been a part of the conversation of wellness in Chinese medicine. So let's take another look at something. Indian medicine, Ayurvedic, I don't say it so well, so kind of just overlook that part. Ayurvedic medicine, too, is a practice of wellness and their traditions in that aspect of the world. And that includes all different five elements that we live with and the balance between all five elements to create a whole person. Somehow along the way, when we got to more modern medicine, these were eliminated from the system. I was telling a friend the other day, do you remember the encyclopedias? I'm going to totally date myself here. But I was enamored with the encyclopedias with those transparencies. 
Do you remember them when you opened a book under body, I think it was, or anatomy, and they had those transparencies, and each one of them had the body systems, and you laid them on top of each other? I would go like days, and I would put one on top of the other, one on top of the other, and the endocrine system work with the circulatory system, and the circulatory system overlaid the skeleton system, and they all had a point. But if, as I've noticed and gone back and looked at that, the energy system and the soul part of ourself is not a part of that encyclopedia uh, overlay. It's been eliminated. Now, how in the world did this happen? And how in the world can we, as traditional medicine healers, how can we actually heal the whole body when we've broken off one of the most important pieces, which is our soul, and wellness, and expect ourselves to live a healthy lifestyle? Well, I have my own theory on this. I think that when modern medicine started, it had its roots in what this Greeks started long ago. The Chinese have continued for 5,000 years. The Ayurvedic system is continuously working in it. I think what happened, and you see what you think about this, is that they decided to eliminate it because they wanted it to be as scientific as possible. You can't blame them because when you talk about the five elements or yin and yang or chi or those kind of things, or soul work in, in general, it's very hard to do a double-blind study. Now, mind you, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to talk about some that have been proven and given correctly. But I think they were so intent on making it scientific-based. If you can't prove it, it's not real. So what happened was the soul part of this traditional medicine got thrown to the wayside. Well, as we've all learned now in our own society as we fast forward very quickly, I suppose the soul will not be denied its and or suppressed in its place of wellness. I believe what happened was the soul found its way back into our lives one way or the other. So it took the path of least resistance, believe it or not. It went the religious way. It found its way back into our dialogue of wellness through the religious aspect of things. Now walk with me. I know that sounds a little crazy because we have such dynamics and controllability and such empathy for our own spiritual and religious aspects of ourselves. There's people that have died for their own causes of religious conviction. But for some reason, religious is also unquantifiable. At some level, you have to trust and you have to have faith in the religious aspect of things as do the soul healing and soul cures that we work with in soul medicine today. So if you really take a look at it, it intersects very nicely there. 
you have to believe in what the message the, the doctor got, the messages that he received to keep working on the baby to keep him alive. There was some kind of trust there. It was unquantifiable. He couldn't scientifically tell us why he decided to do it. It was just something deep inside him that said, keep the momentum going. So the soul work that we've been doing went through the religious vein. And in the last couple of years, I'd say about the last 10 years, it's been working its way quietly through the back door into traditional medicine which thankfully I'm very happy about. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's never going to go away. What's wonderful about it now is that we do have to do some damage control because we have got this soul work that's starting to find itself in traditional medicine, which is fabulous. But now the problem is we've never been here before. We've always run parallel to each other, whether it was naturopathic or holistic, and traditional Western medicine was running side by side. They were running parallel. And now what's going on in the world is they are congruent. They have come together, and they are going to continue to run together into eternity. We've done good work. We've allowed ourselves to express that soulful part of ourselves, but now we have to take it into traditional medicine where it belonged all along. But for some way and for some reason, we've lost our own way in traditional medicine in America. It's an exciting time to be involved in soul medicine, but the work is done with the individual. And I'll tell you where it's coming from. This expansion into traditional medicine with the soul work, putting it back into where it belongs to heal pieces and heal the whole has been coming from you. The client, the patient, the person that's been doing their own personal work because soul work is just as individual as it is in traditional medicine, the expectations that we have of our professionals. The wonderful part about all of this is that the professionals are starting to engage and bring it into our conversation of healing. The goal that I see that we need to do next is how are we going to do it in a way that's healthy for all of us? If you've worked with that, profession, they have a tendency to be very protective of their own ideologies of where they're going. And you can't blame them because they have the science behind them. But the thing that we have as soul medicine people is that we have the trust, the vulnerability, the faith that our soul messages and that the soul can be cured, and healed along with the rest of the body. So my goal at some point is to go back to the encyclopedias, even though they're online now, and add back that transparency of systems of energy that we've been missing in our own cog of the wheel in traditional medicine in America. 
So where does that all lead us now? Well, the first order of business is that you all have to decide to be and be in expectation that your traditional medicine people, your physicians, your professionals are talking and engaging in the soul part of yourself along with the rest of the physical. And until that starts happening and until we start demanding that the soul medicine be involved in traditional medicine, we're going to keep on limping down the road. We're going to keep on having high addictions. We're going to keep on having health problems until we add back the spirit part of ourselves. So I'm doing my part, and in the next couple weeks, I am going to become a part of a television show where I'm going to be talking every week, very short spurts, about this soul medicine and how this wonderful physician, this pluralistic understanding that she has, is working to bring it to the rest of us. So watch for those announcements. I'm going to be doing it. I'm too going to be out there talking the soul work just like the rest of us. So make sure that you watch for that in the coming weeks. She's a wonderful physician that is bound and determined to bring the soul medicine back to traditional medicine where it originally began. We've come in full circle with all of this. I'm so excited to be a part of this project. Walk with me. Bring your own soul energy to the, to, to the process and let us grow in bringing whole body wellness to the rest of the world. Next week, I want to talk about discernment. Discernment is very big when you start talking soul medicine. The one thing is you really have to check in with your gut. What's right for you, what's wrong for you, and what works in your own wellness moving forward. But remember, between now and then, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. I'm looking forward to talking about traditional Western medicine and how our soul work can finally be integrated back into where it belongs, whole traditional medicine. See you same time, same place next week, Blog Talk Radio, high noon. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before. Just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.